You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Kitty Fields and Alora Rain. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to receive notifications of our future weekly episodes. Visit Alora's website at alorarain.com to grab a tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. And if you'd like to get your hands on supplemental BOS pages, as well as exclusive mini-sodes, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burninghallows. We'd also like to give a big shout out to our newest patron, Anaris. Welcome to the BHP patron fam. Your support means more than you know. Now onto the show. When we think kitchen magic, we often forget that this extends to the modern alchemy of potion making. Not only is kitchen magic about what we eat, but also about what we drink. Magical and medicinal remedies can be an important pillar of your kitchen witch practice, from creating liquid healing remedies to conjuring adult beverages with magical intent. Grab your blender and get ready to make some midnight margaritas as we explore bewitching beverages in this third installment of our Kitchen Witch series. And we're on. Wait. We're back. We're back, baby. I know. <laughs> I love recording days. I'm finally just getting over whatever it was that I had. Sinus I know you sound a little bit congested. Yeah, this is actually the best I've been in like a week and a half. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I don't, I don't want to just like grab an antibiotic just because so... I'm just trying to ride it out and I'm getting better. So, well, did you use any herbs or? Oh, yeah, I'm sucking down chamomile like it's going out of style. Mm. Manuka honey. I say what? I said manuka honey. Manuka honey. Yes, it's actually antiviral. Can you get that anywhere? Like, uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, so it's, I believe it's New Zealand and an Australian mm-hmm. for the most part, but I think it's available all over the world ah. uh, in other countries. It's exceedingly more expensive. Interesting. Okay. I know that, th- I know that they have it in Canada, but it's like $40 a bottle. Interesting. I feel like I've heard of it. I just, I've never used it myself. So that's good to know though, that it has antiviral properties. Yes. I was getting ready to correct myself. Like, no, it's not an actual antiviral, but it has antiviral properties. We actually, when we had COVID, yeah. Like when we had COVID, I was sucking that stuff down. Do you feel like it helped? Oh yeah, for sure. That's good. For sure. Cause the, I think that it helped shorten the length of time that we were ill. Yeah then we should try it out. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody's out there listening, Manuka honey, it's fabulous. 
and really you only need, I think it's like, oh, I'm trying to remember. It's like 10 mils in the morning and then 10 in the evening. And then you can also infuse it with garlic and use it as a throat remedy as well. Oh, okay. So speaking of bewitching beverages, what is your favorite kind of potion that you conjure in your kitchen, Alora? Well, it's either alcohol or medicine. <laughs> <laughs> like those are the two standard answers. Appropriate. That's appropriate. What about you? <laughs> I would say tea, usually herbal teas. Hmm. Yeah, you're very you're very much a tea person. I am not a tea person unless I am drinking tea for a specific reason. And usually it's medicinal. Yeah, I guess probably the most that I make as far as um like potion wise is teas. I have made I've have made mold wine, which I think you have a recipe that we're gonna be getting into. Mm. Yes. That's similar. Okay. Getting into this episode. Let's talk a little bit about potions, right? Mm -hmm. So potions actually have a rich history that extends to the ancient world in history and myth. Potions were created with magical intention and herbs. Interestingly, the word for herb in ancient Greece was pharmacon, which is the root word for pharmacy. Yeah, pharmacy. <laughs> I'm like, fill in the blank. Yeah. The herbs were generally soaked into a liquid, uh, usually water or wine, and then activated by a magical tool like a wand on occasion. In our modern day, this is still the case in most instances, and there are drinks out there that seem innocuous and unassuming, but when made with proper intention, can manifest things like healing, love, joy, etc. Just like in other kitchen magic with food, it's all about the intent and the ingredients that you're putting in there. Yes. And so at this point, Alora, you're going to give us an example and it's going to be a classic mojito. Yes, ma'am. Before you start, I have I have a mojito story that's real quick, but kind of <laughs> adds to this episode. Go for so, it. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, we traveled to Curacao and we mm. were uh, downtown Willemstad and we were walking around and there's this little dive bar and it said outside world's best mojitos. We were like, okay, well, we have to try these world's best mojitos. And we go in and there's this lady, she doesn't speak any English but we asked for four mojitos and she took 20 minutes to make our mojitos, but she was using this really large wooden mortar and pestle that looked like it had been passed down in her family for like a hundred years. Mm. And she put yes. the, the lime, like she was cutting up the fresh lime right there. She was cutting up the mint and she put it all in there. And she was like, you know, um, I don't know what you call it. Like when you're That's grinding called, it down, huh? It's actually called muddling. Thank you, muddling. I knew that I was like, there's a word and it starts with an M, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. So she's muddling everything down and then she's like pouring the, the vodka and there was some other liquor she used into it and then out. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was definitely the world's best mojito. <laughs> well, I think muddling with mojitos is kind of the secret 
Definitely. Because when you, when you muddle the mint, uh, it releases the oils. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it adds to the drink for sure. Absolutely. So definitely a magical drink. And now you're going to tell us how to do that. Yes. So I'm going to go through the ingredients and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe some history and some magical correspondences with each one. And then we'll go into the instructions. The first ingredient is sugar. So sugar in magic is known to sweeten any spell uh, to entice others to your will. It's good for love, attraction, and amplification of any intention. Huh. Right. So off the bat, we have some seductive qualities to the mojito. Yeah. The next ingredient, and it's a big one, is fresh mint. The name mint comes from a nymph named Minth, M I N T H E or M-E-N-T-H-E, a character in Greek mythology who, according to legend, was Pluto's girlfriend. Mm. Pluto's wife, Persephone, became jealous and turned Minth into a ground-clinging plant. Although Pluto was unable to change Minth back into a nymph, he gave her the ability to sweeten the air when her leaves and stems were crushed. For magic, mint is good for healing and purification. It repels enemies, breaks hexes and curses, enhances psychic ability, keeps unwanted spirits away. And medicinally, it has also been used to freshen breath, aid in digestion, and during the Civil War, it was used to make throat lozenges and a variety of gastritis medicines. I would believe that. I've definitely used mint tea to help calm some indigestion. It really does help. Mojitos, good for the uh, tummy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, the next ingredient is white rum. Here comes the alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So rum is made from sugar cane, specifically from distilling and fermenting molasses in a lot of cases and comes from the Caribbean. Mm Mm-hmm. Rum has been used as a healing remedy, but it is also useful for gambling and luck, love and strength. Being that it is also a byproduct of sugarcane, it carries the enticing and sweetening properties of sugar. Yes. So I'm just going to go ahead and say mojitos are pretty much an aphrodisiac. Yeah, I could see that. Next ingredient is lime and lime juice. So limes were first grown in large quantities in Iraq and Persia, but are now grown throughout the world in tropical climates. They were given to sailors to prevent scurvy. And this is where we actually get the slang term of someone being limey. Oh, huh. Uh, Magically, these fruits are similar to their other citrus counterparts. They are good for cleansing, purification, protection, and prosperity. Very good. Okay. In addition... You're going to want to use ice and ice has been used as far back as ancient Mesopotamia to cool drinks. At one point in time, ice became a rare treat for the wealthy, which I was just thinking that. And interestingly, a wealthy man by the name Frederick Tudor created an ice company in the early 1800s, 
by cultivating ice from Massachusetts lakes. Hmm. Ice, of course, is made from water, so it carries the same properties, healing, intuition, feminine energy, etc. But also, since it's a variation of water, it's good for shape-shifting work as well. Oh, I never really thought to use it for that, but that's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Be a solid, a liquid, and a gas. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Then we also have club soda or sparkling water. Again, we have another water element, but this time we have the added benefit of carbonation. Carbonated drinks bring fun and joy to any concoction. Yes. Okay. So if y'all didn't know, I think Alora is trying to point to the midnight margarita kind of esque vibe, except we're doing it with mojitos. Yes, correct. <laughs> so, and definitely if we wanted to classify a mojito magically, I would definitely say aphrodisiac love magic, but also prosperity, gambling, abundance for sure. Yeah. Okay. It makes you joyful if you have a good one. <laughs> okay. So here are the instructions. And if you are over on Patreon, there are recipe cards and also fillable, fillable recipe cards. Oh, dang. Uh, you guys awesome. To write down any of these magical correspondences, um, but also to make any notes or anything like that. So if you haven't gone over there and grabbed them and you can, now would be a great time to do that. Sweet. Okay, so in a sturdy, heavy-bottomed glass, you're going to add the sugar and three sprigs of mint, okay? okay. And then you're going to muddle it. This is the part that's important. Drop yes. that down. Yes. So a muddler looks a lot like a pestle. It's just really long so that it can reach into the bottom of the glass. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and a lot of times the, the muddlers are glass. So you have to be careful when you're doing this. Mm. Um, so you're going to muddle the mint with the sugar about five or 10 times until the mint is really fragrant. So you don't want to do this and completely destroy the mint to where it's like falling apart. You just want it to where the oils and the fragrance starts coming out of the leaves. Mm. Yeah. Next, you're going to pour in the rum and the lime juice, and you're going to gently stir it a few times to help dissolve the sugar. And then you're going to fill the glass with ice. Yeah, me. Then you're going to, then you're going to fill the glass with club soda nearly to the top and gently stir in a circular motion. And here's where you can stir an intent, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to combine and then use your spoon to drag some of the muddled mint higher up into the glass, right? So, cause you, when you get a mojito, usually the mint is kind of plastered to the side of the glass. So using your spoon to drag it up helps with that. Mm. So then you're going to taste it and stir in more sugar if you so choose. Um, and then to garnish, place a lime round in the glass. And then this is really cool too. There you have a remaining sprig of mint. So altogether you need four sprigs of mint, but you're going to take the last sprig of mint in between your palms and kind of roll it gently, mm -hmm. uh, just enough to release the oils. And then you're mm -hmm. going to tuck it into the glass, leaving the top of the mint exposed. Got it. Mm. Yummy. But this is just one example of how your current local bartender may be a magician in their own right. 
Oh yeah. I think it's, it's an art form. A lot of the, the, the drinks that they make, what are they called when they're not just bartenders? It's a, a mixologist, right? Yes. It's kind of like a form of alchemy, really, like you were saying. Yes, definitely. And there are definitely bartenders that just shouldn't be bartenders. <laughs> That's true, too. I also have a quick story um, as far as magical bartenders go. Oh, yeah. Ones that should be bartenders. So where I live, Laura, you already know this, but I live in a, my hometown is a, it was established by Scottish immigrants and it's named for a city in Scotland. And anyway, so we're downtown and we're grabbing a drink at a local bar. And I swear to you, the woman that made my drink was of elven descent. <laughs> and she, she handed me the drink and I looked at my husband and I was like, should I actually drink this if a fairy just offered this to me? <laughs> She, I'm not kidding you. I don't know if you've ever just seen someone like out and you're like, that person is not like this person is otherworldly looking. Oh yeah, for sure. That's um, definitely happened. So anyway, and, um, I would have loved to have heard your husband's response. <laughs> he actually agreed with me. He was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> well, this next part of the podcast, I think mm -hmm. that you've been dying for. But other potions created in the kitchen may be more glaringly specific for magical intentions and pagan celebrations. And I am finally going to release my beloved Maven Moon wine recipe. Sweet. I know. I know you've been asking me forever. <laughs> well, I figured it was some kind of mold wine type recipe, but I didn't know exactly what was in it. So this will be interesting. Let's start at the top. Ingredients. So dark grape juice. So oddly, grape juice came way after wine. Can you believe that? <sighs> That's interesting. You would it think it would have came first. Right? But it wasn't until the mid-1800s when an American physician, Thomas Welch, Oh, non-alcoholic grape wine to be used for communion at church services during the temperance movement. Oh, right. Huh. Grapes are tied to the water element and the moon. Their magical properties include fertility, abundance, prosperity, fun, and enhancing clear abilities. Hmm. Medicinally, grapes have been used to heal wounds, decrease the risk of blood clots, protection of the blood vessels and regulating blood pressure. This is huh. why a regular glass of wine is good for the heart. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if it has the antioxidants like, like wine as well. Like, I wonder if that's question. where it comes from. I said, that's a good question. Yeah. I would assume yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Okay. The next thing you're going to need is some apple cider. So the first recorded references to cider date back to Roman times. In 55 BCE, Julius Caesar found the Celtic Britons fermenting cider from native crab apples, mm -hmm. which is hilarious because my family, my grandmother, she had a crab apple tree mm -hmm. and my family would make crab apple jams and jellies and all kinds of stuff. But I had no idea that the first cider came from crab apples. Um, I didn't know that. I did know that, like, I feel like 
I read recently because I wrote an article on Apple Magic that crab apples were sort of the first cultivated apple. That makes but sense. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know about the cider, but that definitely makes sense now. Yeah. Well, the people of northern Spain were making sidra before the birth of Christ. The Norman conquest of England in 1066 resulted in the introduction of many apple varieties from France, and cider soon became the most popular drink after ale. Oh, okay. Cider began to be used to pay tithes and rent, a custom that continued later in America. <sighs> and those facts are actually from Washington State University. Okay, so you would owe someone like a gallon of cider to like pay your rent. That's interesting. Can we go back to that, please? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I can't live out here, y'all. <laughs> okay, so for this recipe, you can use alcoholic or non-alcoholic cider. I use non, and then I particularly like to add blackberry brandy. Oh, which is the secret ingredient in my Maven Moon Wine. Mm. If it's for an adult circle, right? So like right. as long as there's kids that are going to drink out of this. Uh, the magical uses in history and mythology of apples is far too long to discuss here, but you can read about it on the Otherworldly Oracle blog. Yes. Uh, but the magical properties of apple cider include love, longevity, immortality, fertility, Spirit work in the afterlife, marriage, wisdom, and vanity. And purification, too. Awesome. Okay, why don't you tell us about cloves? All right, so cloves, whole cloves. The first references to cloves are found in Asian literature from the Chinese Han period under the name chicken tongue spice. Hmm. <laughs> From the 8th century on, cloves became one of the major spices in European commerce. Maluccas Islands, which are now part of Indonesia, where cloves were first discovered, parents planted a clove tree when a child was born. When the clove forests were first discovered, all were enchanted with the fragrance and beauty of this tropical evergreen tree, which must always see the sea, meaning the ocean, in order to thrive. Cloves were extremely costly and played an important part in world history. Wars were fought to secure exclusive rights to the profitable clove business. And that's through McCormick Science Institute. Crazy. Recognize the McCormick name for spices, right? Oh, yeah. So medicinally, cloves are good for digestion. And because of their high antioxidants, they're good for reducing the risk of heart disease, diabetes, and even certain cancers. Magically, cloves are associated with fire and air and the sun and Jupiter. They have a wide variety of uses, including gambling luck, friendship, stopping gossip, hex or curse breaking, banishing, exorcism, clarity, protection, wealth, and drinks with cloves are said to heighten divinatory senses. So what gets you some cloves, girl? For sure. I have said whole cloves in here because... It's much easier to strain off the top. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if you do use uh, ground cloves, mm -mm. you're going to be drinking it. Yeah, it's and the same when you make mulled wine. You, you want to use whole, larger, yeah. When you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing you're going to need is nutmeg. 
Nutmeg has an interesting and bloody history. Mm -hmm. It was considered so rare and precious that wars were waged over its control. It comes from the Banda Islands, which became known as the Spice Islands because nutmeg grew everywhere there naturally. It was even used by Roman Emperor Henry the, what is it, sixth? Mm -hmm. To cover the streets, he walked down for his coronation so that the air would smell of nutmeg. Oh, wow. I, I know. Uh, when I When I saw that, I was like, holy crap, for real? Wow. Medicinally, nutmeg is high in antioxidants, so it's great for circulatory system and skin. It's also an anti-inflammatory, antibacterial. It boosts libido and can even boost mood. Magically, nutmeg is associated with fire as well as Mars or Jupiter. It is used for luck or good fortune, prosperity, protection, psychic awareness, and can even be used to induce visions. Mm-hmm. So this part, this next part is really important for everybody to annotate in their magical book of shadows or grimoire. Nutmeg is a poison. <laughs> so eating a singular nut from the nutmeg tree can cause hallucinations, nausea, and vomiting. Taken in mass quantities, it can induce seizures and loss of muscle coordination. But its hallucinogenic properties aid in enhancing psychic ability and reaching through the veil. The way that we use nutmeg in modern society, of mm-hmm. course, is, you know, is fine, but you're not, you're, you know, you do not want to take a whole jar of nutmeg and eat it all at once. Oh my God. Hey, people were know. eating Tide Pods. Okay. Like we are not a smart society. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. Good point. Wow, I didn't know that about nutmeg. I I knew a little bit about the spice wars and the spice trading and all of that from my own separate research, but I didn't know about the fact that nutmeg was actually a poison. So good to know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so cinnamon, aka cassia bark. The -hmm. history of cinnamon goes back many centuries. It was first consumed around 2000 BC, where records of its use in ancient Egypt were both culinary and medical. The spice has been prescribed for everything from coughs to arthritis, and it has been scientifically proven to help treat fungal infections or loss of appetite. Magical properties of cinnamon include being associated with fire and the sun. It can be used to speed up a working, money drawing, especially in business cleansing, heating things up romantically, and general good fortune. Yes, I love me some cinnamon. Oh, yes, Uh, me too. I think everybody does. I would hope my husband hates cinnamon. What? Yeah. He, he doesn't like it. (gasps) I know my son is obsessed with cinnamon. (laughs) (laughs) He is. And last but not least Mm -hmm. on this list of ingredients, allspice. Yes. So also called pimento in much of the world as the Spanish mistook it for black pepper. Hmm. It grows wild in Central and South America and is uh, was used by the Mayans for embalming and the South American Indians to flavor chocolate. Oh, you know what? It's funny. Cinnamon, I actually read, was used in, balm- in embalming in Egypt. Oh, I'm sure it was. Very cool. For its, you know, fragrance properties as well. So you put a lot of mummy spices into the Maven Moonwine. <laughs> yeah. 
or Mobbin. I think I've been saying Mabin wrong this whole time. Mobbin? Medicinally, allspice is similar to clove in its properties to aid digestion. It also has an anesthetic property because of its warming effect and is used to aid in the relief of sore muscles. Magically, allspice is associated with fire as well as Mars and Uranus. It is good for money drawing and business, mental stress relief, success, and attraction work. Hmm. All things we need more of. Well, maybe not attraction work, but the others. Okay. So instructions are pretty simple. So you're going to just going to combine your juices and spices into a stock pot or kettle or into a crock pot. I like doing mine in a crock pot. You're going, to heat, you're going to heat the contents to a boil, mm -hmm. right? Or if you are using a crock pot, you're going to turn it on high until it bubbles. As soon as it reaches a boil, you're going to turn it down to low and you're going to let it simmer. And now if it's on the stove, you only need to let it simmer five or 10 minutes. Uh, or you can just leave the crock pot on low or warm until you're ready to take your Mabin moon wine to ceremony or to ritual or whatever, or you're ready to drink it. So you're going to make sure that you strain the herbs from the brew uh, they will have boiled to the top and may even have created like a foam. So you mm. just want to scrape that off the top. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Again, with the cinnamon, you can use ground, but I prefer to use whole cinnamon sticks mm -hmm. because again, you don't have to scrape it off. And if you're going to use whole cinnamon sticks, four to eight per batch and all of the measurements for all of these ingredients for the mojito, as well as the Maven moon wine are on our Patreon recipe cards. So all the information will be there. Right on. Um, and I know that we didn't really get into tea making in this episode, but I was thinking maybe that's a whole nother episode. Oh yeah, series. definitely. Yeah. Like herbal tea series or herbal series or what have you. Oh yeah. And I think that about wraps it up. Um, first of all, I want to say that, that that sounds delicious. And... I hope everybody decides to make it. So if you enjoyed the show, be sure to stay tuned for our next installment in our Kitchen Witch series on divine desserts. If you have feedback questions or you want to start a podcast under the Burning Hallows Productions banner, email us at burninghallowsproductions at gmail.com. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly. <laughs>